Koinonia, the Greek word often translated fellowship, represents friendship, sharing, and partnership. We discover from the early church that koinonia, that is fellowship, results in the growth of the church and in the glory of God being revealed in and through the church. In this message, we discover several biblical ways to express koinonia, which is true Christian fellowship. Today, we are going to spend time in God's Word, and I want to talk to us a little bit about the subject of fellowship. Fellowship, the Greek word which uh, many people are familiar with is the word koinonia, koinonia, and uh, that is often translated as fellowship in the New Testament. And so we're going to talk about that. Now, just a little bit of background as to why um, we are addressing this particular topic at this time. You know, uh, last week uh, we took some time to just uh, recognize the, the, the situations around us. The fact that uh, uh, not only since last March, March of 2020, but also uh, a second wave of the pandemic uh, sweeping across our nation, and uh, impacting lives uh, in, a, in a very serious manner. And uh, this time, the second wave, of course, has been uh, uh, even more severe. And if you look at the data, you look at the numbers. Uh, and I think uh, even if you don't want to look at the numbers, the fact is it's all around us and people close to us, people known to us, uh, many have been impacted. And so last week we talked about faith and fortitude, emphasizing something at a personal level uh, to journey through this time that at, uh, each one of us have to have faith in God and maintain mental and emotional strength by drawing strength from God and his word, of course, so that we can journey through this season, this time. Uh, we know it's not going to last, it's not going to be there forever, it will come to an end, but Journeying through it sometimes is very difficult, and so we need to journey through it with faith and fortitude. Now, in line with that, there's another very important aspect, and uh, that's why we are talking about this today, which is the support that we extend to one another during a time like this. And that's what uh, Christian fellowship, or the fellowship of believers, is all about and is also very important in a time like this. So I want to spend um, some time today just drawing from scripture on koinonia, on fellowship, and uh, just uh, sharing some thoughts with us, some truths with us, with us that will inspire us to fellowship with each other during this time. Uh, and uh, we will share thoughts along that line. Well, let's begin by reading this passage from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together 
and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, just to give us a little background, the context here, this is uh, the, the very beginning of the church, immediately following the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed. So we know that um, this was the feast of Pentecost, so uh, Jews from all across that region had gathered into Jerusalem, and on that day, there was a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Peter preached that inaugural sermon, and uh, 3,000 people were saved, and, uh, uh, and so the church was birthed. Now, uh, keep this in mind, that they had no context of the Christian church. They, they, didn't, they had nothing. This was the primal, the beginning of the church. And uh, what did they do? They heard the sermon, they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God had been poured out. What did they do? And this is the passage that records what they did. Uh, uh, one of the things that we see here is um, uh, we need to keep in, in mind that many of these Jews were from out of town. So they were not residents of Jerusalem. They were visitors in Jerusalem. Now they were greatly impacted by the preaching of the gospel, by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they decided to stay on in Jerusalem. It's almost like having an extended uh, uh, holiday uh, uh, in a place that you never intended to stay beyond a, a certain number of weeks. So here they, were, they decided to stay, uh, but they were not prepared for that additional time that they were going to stay in Jerusalem. And so obviously the local residents who were impacted uh, brought out whatever they had and others in the vicinity and they all shared uh, so that those who were from out of town who were in Jerusalem who were impacted by the preaching of the gospel who now became part of that community uh, they could also uh, have the benefits of, of uh, they could stay there physically practically but what we notice here is this that as they continued steadfastly in the teaching of the apostles and uh, it says they're in fellowship. So what were these believers, new believers, led into? First, of course, they sat and they heard the teaching. What were the apostles telling them about Jesus Christ? So you can imagine, you know, more than 3,000 people. Uh, they were listening day after day to what the apostles were telling them. So the, uh, obviously the apostles were imparting to them all that they had seen and they had heard during their three and a half years with Jesus. So the apostles were imparting it to these new believers. So they continued in the apostles' teaching. But also it says they continued in fellowship. So that's the Greek word. That's the word fellowship, which comes from the Greek word koinonia. And, um, uh, and then it describes here what koinonia was all about. How did they practice koinonia. Uh, it, it tells us that uh, 
verse 44, they had all things in common. That word common is koinos, the root of koinonia. So they had all things common. They, they, they shared things. They were together. And then it talks about how people sold their possessions and they helped each other with physical needs, a place to stay, food to eat, uh, material things, because many of them were from out of town, as we had just mentioned. And so they continued like this uh, in worship, uh, in uh, breaking a bread, and uh, in, 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 you know, going from house to house. They, they continued in this kind of fellowship and they experienced uh, the power of God. So what does the word koinonia really mean? And if uh, we'd like to capture the essence of koinonia in three words. First, it talks about friendship, having to do with relationship, uh, getting to know people, uh, building relationship. So koinonia has that aspect. Secondly, we use the word sharing. That means I give you from some of what I have and you give me some of what you have. That is sharing. So from, I take from what I have and I give to you and you take from what you have and you give to me. We share. So koinonia has that aspect of sharing. And then koinonia also has this aspect of partnership. Partnership means participating, participation, or working together, doing something together. So three words that capture the important aspects of koinonia, which in the Bible is translated as, uh, often translated as fellowship, or uh, the King James may trans translate it as communion uh, in some places. But that word koinonia, or fellowship, has three, three important aspects. Friendship, having to do with relationship, getting to know each other very well, intimately. It has to do with sharing, uh, a mutual exchange of things. And it has to do with partnership, of co-laboring, of working together. And so these early believers, having believed in Jesus, with no prior teaching, like what you're having today, we are teaching on fellowship with no such prior teaching it's it's more something that was birthed by the move and the work of the holy spirit something that came spontaneously it wasn't something they planned oh i'm going to go to jerusalem and then i'm going to have fellowship it wasn't planned that way it just happened it it was created that was birthed there by the moving of the holy spirit the believers began to develop friendship they began to share things, have all things in common, and they begin to partner with each other, do things together, whether it's praising God, sharing the gospel, going out from house to house, ministering to one another. That was partnership. They were doing things together. And that was them growing in fellowship. And keep in mind, this was spontaneous. It was something uh, that was birthed amongst them by the Holy Spirit as the church itself was birthed during that season. So as we journey through the New Testament subsequently, you find a lot of teaching in the New Testament about fellowship, uh, of what it means. And, uh, and that's something we want to delve into today. But before we kind of talk about you know, how fellowship is expressed as we look in the New Testament, 
I want to highlight again here from Acts chapter 2, two outcomes of koinonia that we see right there in this passage in Acts chapter 2. We see that because these new believers had fellowship, that is friendship, sharing, partnership, because they were growing in that, two important things we see happening amongst them. There was growth and glory. Growth and glory. So we could say this, that koinonia, fellowship, results in growth and glory. So the church grew. When the believers were in this kind of fellowship, and they were in this kind of friendship, sharing, partnership, there was growth. It says people were added to the church daily, those who were being saved. There was growth. And second, we also see there was glory. It says that great signs and wonders and miracles was demonstrated there amongst them. Great signs, wonders. The glory of God was released in their midst. So understand the importance of fellowship, both for growth, the growth of the church, and for the release of the glory of God. That when God's people are in true fellowship, that is friendship, sharing, and partnership, when they are in the spirit-inspired, spirit-enveloped fellowship, koinonia, then there is growth. There is also a release and a display of the glory of God. So that's why this message is very important, that as we learn to grow in fellowship, we can expect to see the growth of the body, body and also the display of the glory of God. Now, as we're talking about fellowship, I'm just going back to our context that this is very important in the times in which we are journeying through as a church. And uh, what I want to do is highlight, as just quickly glancing through the New Testament, as to how this koinonia or this fellowship is expressed as given to us in the New Testament, in the episodes. So let me highlight this, and you know, we could maybe spend a lot of time studying on koinonia, but what I want to do is to capture the essence and, and just give it to us in some main points on how koinonia is expressed. So number one, we see that fellowship or koinonia is expressed through giving to the needs of God's people. And you'll find this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 3 and 4. Paul is writing. He says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of, of the ministering to the saints. So Paul is writing, to the Corinthians, uh, and, he's, and he's telling them, look, these believers from Macedonia, uh, and of course, as we journey through the book of Acts, uh, we see that believers in Jerusalem were going through a difficult time. And so Paul reached out to some of the churches in some of the areas where he had planted churches, and he encouraged them to give so that he could take it as a, as a, as a, as a ministry as a gift as an offering 
to help the needy saints in Jerusalem. So that's what he's referring to. So Paul is saying here that these believers, they were willing uh, uh, to whatever extent they could, and they even went beyond that. That means they stretched in order to participate, fellowship, to be a part of this ministering to the saints. So we see here that one way that fellowship, spiritual fellowship, believers fellowship, Christian fellowship is expressed is by ministering to the saints, to other believers. So we can minister in many ways. We can, of course, minister financially. Uh, and that's what they were doing here. They were sending aid for the believers in Jerusalem who were going through a hard time. Uh, we can minister by giving to the material needs. Maybe it's clothes or food or other ways that you can minister. So uh, that's one way that fellowship is expressed. When you and I minister uh, to the needs of people, we are sharing, we are giving of what we have to them, and then God will give back into our lives. Number two, secondly, fellowship is expressed through recognizing and honoring the grace and calling of God. Uh, we find this in Galatians chapter 2, verse 9, where Paul is writing about uh, the leaders in the church, and he says, And when James, Cephas, or Kephas, that is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, koinonia, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So what Paul is saying is, you know, when these leaders, and he mentions the names of James and uh, Peter and John, the leaders in Jerusalem, he says, you know, when they recognized that God had graced Barnabas and Paul and he had put a calling on their lives, they extended the right hand of fellowship. So here you see an expression of fellowship, which is partnership. We are co-workers. We are standing together with you. So how is koinonia of fellowship expressed. It is through recognizing and acknowledging and standing with the grace and the anointing and the call that God has put on certain people. That is, when you do that, you are expressing koinonia. You're expressing fellowship. You're saying, I'm standing with you because koinonia involves partnership. We are co-workers. We are working together. We are with you on this journey. So when you and I recognize the call and the anointing of God on somebody's life, and we say, Nick, go for it. We are with you. We recognize God has graced you, graced your life, encourage you, uh, pray for them, stand with them, support them, encourage them, be behind them. That is you fellowshipping with them. That is you expressing koinonia. That is you saying, I'm a partner with you. I'm standing with you uh, in whatever God is doing through your life. So that's the second way that we express koinonia. We acknowledge the grace and the call of God on people's lives and we stand with them. Number three, koinonia is expressed through giving financially to those in the ministry. So we talked about the first one, which was giving financially or ministering to the needs of people, of the believers. Thirdly, here we're talking about giving to those who are in the ministry, the gospel ministry, those who are serving the Lord, the ministers of God. So Paul writes about this in Philippians chapter 1, uh, verse 5. Um, he says, 
he writes to the Philippians, he thanks them for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So, so you had koinonia with me in the gospel from the beginning until now. So he's acknowledging their koinonia, their partnership, their participation with him in the proclamation of the gospel. So that when he went to preach, they were also with him. How did he, they do it? We read in the latter part of that same episode in Philippians 4:15 and 16. He says, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. So he's acknowledging that. He's thanking them. And he says, you were having koinonia with me through what you did by helping me financially as he traveled from place to place proclaiming the gospel. So that that's the third way we express koinonia is by a partnering with the preachers of the gospel uh, financially. Uh, to help them as they go out and do the work of the ministry. The fourth way koinonia is expressed uh, in, in the body is by choosing unity. So koinonia is expressed by choosing unity. Read about this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Paul writes, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any koinonia of the Spirit, if there's any koinonia that the Holy Spirit is bringing amongst us, right? So he's saying, if there is any such koinonia of the Spirit, if any affection, mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. So how is koinonia expressed? It is expressed by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. That means we are choosing unity. So koinonia, fellowship, is, is expressed by you and I choosing unity, saying, look, we are together in this. We may all have our differences. We may have all our different styles of doing things and you know preferences and so on. That is all okay. But when it comes to the fellowship of the Spirit, we are going to choose to be of one heart and one mind so we can move together. We leave our differences aside because we know how important koinonia of the Spirit is. We know that when we walk together in koinonia, in this friendship and in sharing and in partnership, and we choose that intentionally by choosing to be a one heart, one mind, when we do that, what happens? It's going to cause the growth of the body. It's going to cause the release of the glory of God. And that's what all of us desire. We want to see the growth of the body. We want to see the glory of God coming through for the sake of so many people who are suffering or going through hardships or going through sickness and disease. We want the glory of God uh, to be released on their lives so that they can experience a touch of God. But that's going to take you and me choosing koinonia of the Spirit, the fellowship of the Spirit. We choose to be of, of one mind, of one heart, and lay aside our preferences, our differences, and let's walk together through this. So that's another way that fellowship of the Spirit, or koinonia, is expressed. Last one, how is koinonia expressed? Koinonia, or fellowship, is expressed through recognizing each other's identity in Christ. That means we learn to see each other as who we are in Christ. 
For example, uh, let's read the scripture. Philemon chapter 1 verse 6. Paul says that the sharing of your faith or the koinonia of your faith, this sharing, this friendship that we have, this uh, a partnership and the sharing of our faith, the fellowship of our faith may become effective. How? By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, you know, we have the sharing of faith, but it should become effective. It should become productive. How do we do that? We acknowledge the good things that are in us because we are in Christ. You know, we all are different. Uh, we all have different ways in which we pray. Somebody may pray loud and somebody may pray soft. Somebody may pray in perfect English and somebody may, you know, mix all the, you know, several different languages in their prayers. Uh, somebody may, you know, uh, pray prayers that are very impressive and every feel, everybody feel excited about. And somebody may pray prayers that put everybody to sleep. Whatever, you know, we are all different. But in the midst of all that, what is koinonia? What is the sharing of our faith? It says that the sharing of our faith is made effective when we acknowledge the good things that are in us because we are in Christ Jesus. That means I don't look at you as who you are in the natural. Of course, I know who you are in the natural. I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. Um, and I know, you know this, all of those things. As a person, I know that. But I also know who you are in Christ. I also know what God has done for you in Christ. So when I relate to you, when I pray for you, when I minister to you, I'm going to minister to you not on the basis of who you are in the natural, but on the basis of the good things that are yours in Christ Jesus. Take for example, and this might sound as a silly example. Let's say, you know, somebody's in the hospital, a believer, he's in the hospital. And, uh, you know, you're able to pray for him on the phone. Now, when you pray for him on the phone, you're not going to look at him and pray for him in the natural. Like, you know, if you did that, you would pray something like, oh, God, I don't know what sin he has committed or why he has, uh, what, uh, what is it that it ca has caused him to fall into such illness and uh, why he is deserving this. Oh, God, he must be a terrible sinner. He must have done something very sinful. I mean, that is, you know, praying uh, by looking at things in the natural. But. If you're praying according to what you know about him in the spirit, in, in who he is in Christ, how would you pray? You'd say, God, I thank you that in Christ he has been healed by the stripes of Jesus. In Christ, he's your beloved. And God, you are his healer. You are his deliverer. You pray according to the good things that we, is ours in Christ Jesus. And that is koinonia. Koinonia is recognizing it is acknowledging of who we are in Christ. It is recognizing our identity in Christ and relating to each other on that basis. Of course, there is the natural side. Uh, we are aware of that. But we learn to relate to each other on our, our spiritual identity. So let me just quickly review these five things we've seen in Scripture on how koinonia is expressed. First, we said, that koinonia is expressed uh, through the giving to the needs of God's people. That's sharing. We share with each other. Practical. Second, koinonia is expressed through the recognizing and honoring the grace and the call of God on people's lives. 
So I can, what, this is what God is doing through that person. You know, God has graced that person as an artist. God has graced that person as a, as a wonderful musician. God has graced that person as a leader. God has graced that person as a wonderful entrepreneur. God has graced that person as a wonderful teacher. Uh, God has graced that person as a wonderful social worker. I mean, you recognize the grace. You recognize uh, um, um, what they're doing. You acknowledge them. You affirm them. You stand with them. You support them. That is koinonia, partnership. Thirdly, we talked about koinonia as expressed as giving financially to those who are serving in the ministry. Again, that's partnership, that is sharing. Fourthly, we talked about koinonia being expressed through us intentionally choosing unity. That means I choose to flow together uh, because I know that when we flow together, that's an expression of koinonia and it opens the door for growth and the glory of God to be released. And number five, we said, it's by recognizing each other's identity in Christ. You know, none of us are perfect in the natural. We all have our flaws. But we look at each other through our identity in Christ and call that out. Call out who that person is in Christ and relate based on that. That is how koinonia is expressed. So this is so important for us today. You know, in the times that we are going in, going through, as we extend this koinonia to each other, friendship, sharing, partnership to one another, right here in our city, in our own community, and out there to others in other cities, we are expressing true Christian fellowship. We are saying we are your friends. We are going to share with you and we are going to partner with you in your lives and what God is doing. And that is fellowship. That is koinonia. And that is what the Holy Spirit brings us into. That's the place he wants us to be. Remember, it's a fellowship of the Spirit. It's what the Holy Spirit brings us to. And when we are in that place, we will see growth and we will see glory. We will see the growth of the body, the growth of the church. We will see the growth and the increase of the church. And we will see the glory of God being displayed in and through the church. But the church needs to come to this place of koinonia, to this place of fellowship, where they, we are learning to grow in friendship relationships. We are learning to share with each other. And we are learning to partner, participate in each other's call and lives and ministries. Now, I want to close this message uh, by mentioning some don'ts. So we've talked about the do's, but I want to talk about the don'ts, meaning avoid certain things. Because sometimes, uh, in the name of koinonia, people do wrong things. And so I'm just, uh, I just want to mention those things, and they are biblical. I'll mention the scriptural references as well. I want to mention those things so that we are watchful not to get into these potholes or these uh, into these pitfalls uh, when you misapply koinonia. So on the spiritual side, uh, and I'll just mention a few, uh, you know, this is not a complete uh, teaching on koinonia, but I'll just mention a few. Some of the, uh, on the spiritual side, there are two common mistakes people make in the name of koinonia, and so we must avoid it. Number one, avoid being controlled through spiritual means in koinonia. That means don't let somebody control you spiritually in the name of koinonia. They say, okay, I'm having fellowship with you. 
and I'm having good friendship with you, spiritual friendship and so on, and then they begin to control you. That is a danger. Uh, and that is not what God intended through koinonia. Uh, in fact, when somebody controls another person spiritually, that is actually called witchcraft, right? So witchcraft is controlling somebody else through spiritual means. And uh, when somebody tries to control you through spiritual means, in the name of koinonia, beware of that. Get out of those kinds of influences. Second Corinthians 1 and verse 24, Paul says, Not that we have dominion over your faith, but our fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. So he says, we don't have dominion over your faith. We don't dictate what you have to believe. We don't dictate uh, what you have to do in your faith. You know, you, your journey of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You grow in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are here to aid in that process, but we don't dictate that process. We don't control that process. That's very important. Second thing to avoid, spiritually speaking, in koinonia is avoid being robbed of your mind through spiritual means in koinonia. And then you find this happen and you read about this, where in the name of fellowship, uh, the influence is so great, people stop thinking. They, they're robbed of their minds. They're robbed of simple reason, a simple logical way of looking at things. In the name of spiritual fellowship, the spiritual influence is so great that people are robbed of their minds. And that is so sad. That is so dangerous. Uh, it has happened over and over again in the history of the church. And it happens even today. And so we need to be careful. You know, let me put it like this. The God who calls us to walk in faith is the one who created our reason. Let me say it again. The God who called us to walk in faith is also the one who created our ability to reason. That means Walking in faith doesn't mean you throw out your brains. No, walking in faith is balanced with you actively using your brains, uh, thinking logically, reasoning, uh, recognizing what is true and what is false, and avoid this false reality that people create through spiritual means. Be careful of that. You know, so don't let, in the name of koinonia, in the name of spiritual fellowship, don't let people rob you of you using your own mind. Your mind is yours. God gave it to you to use. Use it. And just because you and I are walking in faith doesn't mean we disregard the use of simple logical reason and thinking and analyzing and being objective in our understanding of truth. Right? What is right is right and what is wrong is wrong. We have to state it that way. So be careful because sometimes there are wrong things that happen in the name of spiritual fellowship. Two things to avoid in the natural in the name of spiritual fellowship. Number one, avoid feeding into others' laziness in the name of koinonia. That means, you know, and Paul writes about this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, verses 10 to 12. You know, and just to summarize this, he writes with Thessalonians and he says, you know, if somebody does not work, let him not eat. But so he says, you know, don't live disorderly. Each one must work with your own hands. And if you don't work, don't eat. So you can think of, think about you know, these practical things where people say, you know, oh, I, I'm your brother, I'm your sister, I'm fellowshipping with you. And they just expect you to keep giving physically and materially into their lives. Now, I can understand, and we all understand, that people go through difficult times or seasons in their lives and they need help. And that's what koinonia is for, to support each other through difficult times. But we do not feed into somebody's laziness. That means they just don't work. 
and they expect out of koinonia to be fed. That's it. That is something we do not do. Paul stated it very clearly. If a man is not going to work, let him not eat. Let each one work with his own hands. You've got to put your hands to work. So don't let somebody use koinonia uh, uh, to feed into their laziness. And secondly, avoid partaking in other people's sins in the name of koinonia. When somebody is doing something wrong, you may love that person as a brother or a sister in the Lord, and you may have great fellowship, but if they're doing something wrong, have the courage to stand up and say, that is wrong. If they're telling lies, tell them, you are speaking untruth, you're lying. Don't join with them in the name of koinonia. That is foolishness. Paul writes about this in 1 Timothy 5, and I'm just reading you know, verse 22. He says, don't share in other people's sins. See, it is true that we fellowship with each other. We have friendship. We share with each other. We are partners together in, in, in God. And so we, are, we have koinonia. But if somebody is doing something wrong, in the name of koinonia, I'm not going to join them. I'm not going to go and do that to them. I'm not going to partake in somebody else's sins. If they're speaking untruth, I have to say you're speaking untruth. If they are deceived, I have to say you are deceived. If they are not doing what's right, I have to say you're not doing what's right. So don't, in the name of koinonia, partake in other people's sins. Stay out of it. So just to keep koinonia in balance, avoid some of the dangers spiritually, avoid some of the dangers in the practical side. And all of this is based on scripture. And let us journey together in true koinonia, in true fellowship of the Spirit. Uh, and we have, we have explained how true koinonia is expressed, especially in this season. Let us be there for each other. Let us express true friendship. Call somebody uh, as a true friend. Express care for them, concern for them. Uh, uh, secondly, share with one another what you have to give to somebody, and they can bless you, uh, you know, whenever they they can. Uh, uh, but koinonia is a two-way thing. So you give, they give. So you bless each other, you share. And thirdly, you partner together, you stand together, you work together in the season because we need each other that much more. Things are not easy. Things around us are quite challenging. Uh, some have uh, uh, depleted whatever resources they've had. And so koinonia, when we step in with koinonia, we can come to their aid we can come to their support. We can come to their encouragement during this time. So as individuals and as a church, let us walk in true koinonia, in the fellowship of the Spirit that is expressed through friendship, through sharing, and through partnership. Let's do it in faith. And God will see the result, will cause the result. There will be the growth of the church. And there will be the display of the glory of God, just like the book of Acts. We saw, we saw it demonstrated in the book of Acts. We'll see it again. Let's just worship God. The worship team will just lead us in a song. And we're going to come and just pray together. There must be more than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe within. There must be more than this Spirit 
Thank you, worship team, for just leading us in that uh, song. Let's just join our hearts together. I want us to pray. You know, for some of us, uh, we are probably already flowing in koinonia. Uh, this message may not have been anything new. It may have just come as a gentle reminder and an encouragement uh, to continue to express koinonia. Uh, for others, this may be a new area. So, well, I never have thought that Christian life involves koinonia. It involves fellowship. It involves a friendship, sharing, and partnership. I can't live the Christian life in isolation. I need to get on into this thing. And so I want to encourage you today as we pray that the Holy Spirit birth that through your life and, and, and help you flow in true koinonia with the people of God so that together we can journey through this season. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've called us together as a body of believers. You've called us together as people. And Lord, even in this season of uh, uh, the times in which we are living in, when things uh, are happening, God, what things we never expected, some things are so challenging, so difficult. And God, even as we're journeying through this, Father, help us to grow in this fellowship of the Spirit, in this koinonia that is birthed by the Holy Spirit, in this friendship, in this sharing, in this partnership, so that, God, we can journey together as the body uh, through this season, and that in this season there will be the growth of the body and there will be the glory of God displayed through the body in spite of everything that's happening around us as we, your people, choose to flow in koinonia, in the fellowship that is birthed by the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for people who are watching, who are listening. God, uh, some of them may feel so lonely. Some of them may feel so left out, uh, so isolated. Uh, some may feel so... Um, uh, uh, they, they, they come to the end of the road. They have nothing more. Father, today, because of koinonia, let help come into their lives through another brother, through another sister. May they receive a phone call. May they receive a helping hand. May they receive a gift sent into their lives. May somebody somewhere reach out to someone, God, and inspired by your Holy Spirit, let the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, let them know that God in heaven has not forgotten them, that God in heaven remembers them, that God in heaven knows them in where they are. Lord, today, because of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, let somebody know that they are loved, that they're cared for, that somebody cares for them, Father. Lord, do this amongst us. Let the Holy Spirit move amongst us and birth koinonia, create koinonia, increase that amongst us, Father God. Stir our hearts up so that we will be people who will learn to walk in fellowship, in friendship, in sharing, and in partnership, God, and express true koinonia as given to us in your word, and let the body of Christ grow, and let the glory of God be displayed. Touch the lives of your people. Let them know that you love them, you care for them, through the church, through your own people. We thank you, Father. We thank you for every heart that is healed, that is touched, that is, that is mended because of your people being your hands, your feet, your voice, your ears, your eyes, and bringing your love to others. Thank you, Father, for doing this. 
Thank you for the healing that is flowing into people's lives right now. Thank you, God, for the touch of God coming into their lives right now. Father, I also pray for those who are sick, those who are hurting, uh, those who need deliverance in the name of Jesus. I proclaim the name of Jesus over them. I, I proclaim the defeat of every sickness and disease, every bondage. I proclaim the healing of their brokenness. I proclaim the breaking of every yoke and every bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over their lives right now, right now, by the power of your Spirit, Father. And we thank you for ministering to each one in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for being with us on the uh, service today. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You're welcome to write to us at testimony at apcwo.org and uh, share with us what God has done in your life. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, share this message with others. Maybe they can be encouraged. They can, maybe they can be inspired. Uh, bless the body of Christ and uh, stay strong uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.